As iron sharpens iron, darling, so it is one woman sharpen another. Welcome to the Woman Ride Podcast, hosted by Anainan Otterwell and Cynthia Lyon, building strong women of color, the cultivation of the mindset. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Woman Ride Podcast. I'm your co-host, Cynthia Lyon, and I'm joined by my lovely partner and co-host, Anainan Otterwell, as usual, as well as a special guest who goes by the name of Lucky Mtembu. She is a professional model and a speaker. She is also the founder of an NGO that is called the Nogutula Legacy. You can find her on Instagram at LuckyMtembu underscore ZA, and you can also find her on YouTube, and her channel is called Breaking Chains with Lucky. We are really so excited to have as a guest today thank you so much lucky for honoring the invites we're really going to be talking about something very sensitive and deep a personal experience that lucky has gone through quite a traumatic one and the reason we have titled this episode healing from trauma is because she's going to be talking about her experience and how she has found a way to heal from all the events that have happened in her life and how she was able to start over so lucky the stage is yours take us through your story and your journey and how you got to where you are today. <laughs> All right, thank you so much. Okay, so I will I will try and give a brief summary of my story. I mean, there are so many layers to it, but I'll try and give the highlights so that, you know, everyone is on the same page as to what actually happened and yeah the reason why we are calling this episode starting over so um the long and short of it is that i was in a relationship with a man who was actually engaged to a man who was hell-bent at destroying me now i figured this out after the relationship when i sat down and you know, I I was so broken, like I was gone, I was finished. And I was trying to figure out what happened to me, because I'd lost so much of myself that I couldn't even recognize myself. So I sat down and upon googling the actions, (laughs) the actions that this guy would do to me, I came across the word narcissist. And then I started studying further on what a narcissist is. And then I realized that him approaching me from the get-go wasn't because he wanted to love me it was because he 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 wanted to destroy me basically i was an aura of energy that he was jealous of and he wanted to destroy that he wanted to be he wanted to be associated with it but at the same time he couldn't stand it therefore he wanted to destroy it now a lot of things happened um, in this relationship that got me to a point where i had lost myself so much so there was a lot of um there was a lot of emotional abuse there was a lot of psychological abuse um there was a lot of physical abuse as well uh, and the physical abuse landed me in a hospital where Um, The doctors told me that I was almost amputated, which now I was at a point, as I said, where I had lost so much of myself Mm. and now to be told that um, I, I, I was almost amputated and I'll never be able to walk normally again because they said that because we didn't amputate you, it's still a it's still a very bad injury. Therefore, you won't be able to walk normally again. For me, that was like, so then what, 
uh, with regards to my modeling industry because now that was the last final thing that I could place my identity on because so much of myself had been eroded because of the the relationship that I had just gotten out of so now mm. being told that the one the one final thing that I know that whatever happens mm. to me I can still do like I can wake up mm. and I can do it in my sleep now I'm being told I won't be able to do that you know it was very it was very devastating for me and then as if that wasn't enough um during the 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 healing of my broken ankle my grandmother passed away um so my grandmother was almost the equivalent of my mother because my real father passed away before i was born so i was raised at my grandparents house with my grandparents and my mother so my grandmother was almost like my second mother so in the yeah. midst of me having this broken ankle i lost her and then 3 weeks after that so i lost her to to cancer and then 3 weeks after that i lost my mother to murder and the suspect was this um ex fiance of mine who was abusive towards me so now it was it was it was extreme it was i think that was the i think that was the lowest point in my life like the lowest lowest point in my life because now i don't know who i am the two people who could possibly try and help me redefine who i am or yeah. help me to remember who i am are gone you know so now what you know and yeah it was it was a terrible terrible time and then while i'm busy you know trying to dodge all of that um seven months later i was sent hitman by the same guy you know and at the time i was doing my i was doing my master's degree and i think what annoyed him is that he's done everything basically everything to try and break me and here i am yeah. still continuing going for the things that i had said i'm going to go for and complete come rain or or sunshine you know yeah. and the reason why i even at that point because in retrospect um looking back i had no i i, I don't understand how i was able to aware i got the strength to even in the midst of everything that was going on to continue going for the for the things that i had always said that i that i want to go for and that always when i when i sit back now i remember about a month before my mom's passing um i i said to her mom maybe i must just you know let go of everything maybe let me you know um deregister from my master's degree let me just sit and disappear from the face of the earth maybe then he'll leave me alone because clearly what's annoying him is that after everything he's done to me i'm still continuing with my life and he he's not having that so in order for everyone to be safe let me just stop you know and my mom said to me you know you're not going to do that um because you will stand in front of women one day and tell them that i completed my masters in the midst of this happening i continued to go for everything that i wanted to go for in the midst of all of this happening because at the end of the day 
my destiny is in my hands and no one outside of me should have the power to define um, the things that I can and cannot go for. And mm. here I am. So after he sent me Hitman, right, I then disappeared because I realized this guy means business. He's here trying to kill me. And I disappeared. So in the midst of my disappearance, um, I, I would get frustrated. So I disappeared to, um, so before the, the final disappearance, <laughs> I would disappear to different places. So there was a point where I stayed with my um, cousin and his wife and their daughter. There was a point where I, you know, I was all over the show because I couldn't stay in one place for too long because he was actively looking for me. So when so you Mm -hmm. um, you stay with your with your cousin, right? Mm -hmm. And her daughter, right? Yeah. Um, you didn't they feel unsafe? Because I mean, this man was trying so hard to destroy you, to get you, and to kill you. So now, didn't you feel as though, or didn't they feel as though, you know what? We don't want you here because we're scared for our lives that you know, you're here and he's gonna not come. <laughs> And the funny thing is that he did find me and he did come and knock at our door while I was staying there. I mean, it's, it just shows that, you know, that, that was their extension of their love for me because I, I was scared for everyone, if I'm being honest. I was scared for everyone because if this guy can go as far as you know, removing my mother, that means that he's capable of anything. So now at that point, I mean, my mother is the closest person to me. So if you can remove my mm -hmm. mother, then you can remove then anyone else, you know? Yeah. So of course, I was scared for everyone. And I'm pretty sure they were also scared, you know, they were also scared for their lives because we were, we were, we were dealing with a psychopath, if I'm being honest. We were dealing with a real life psychopath like we were living in a movie so i'm sure they were scared um but you know it, it's it's one of those situations where i think for everyone involved especially considering that their family it was a matter of okay well then where will she go because then yeah that means she, she's going to die she's going to be found and she's going to die and at that point um at that point the reason why i went there was because he didn't know where they were so i was i was very i was very intentional about going to places that he, he that he didn't know so him finding out where i was was because of friends which i shouldn't have trusted which is in itself uh, an entire episode, if we're being honest, because wow. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, even, even that, you know, it, it's, I, I suppose I, I, I could just say that I suppose it, it's just a matter of, Uguti, okay, well, if she's, she, if she's not here, where can she be situation? Yeah. Um, Mm. Yeah, but it, it, it did get very dangerous because he did find me. He did come knocking. Um, but something that day, because my, my cousin had just left to drop off um, her daughter and her wife at work. His wife at work, sorry. And 
next thing I heard um, uh, like footsteps coming down the stairs. So there were two entrances, right? And yeah. the, the one, the entrance that he came into was the back entrance, which we always use, which gave me the impression that this guy was actually stalking us. He was analyzing our movements before, before yeah. he took the step of actually now getting out of his car and walking to my um, cousin's slash brother's apartment. So, because like I said, that was the back entrance and he wouldn't yeah. know how to get in there unless he's seen someone going in there because there was, a, there was like an open front, front in, entrance where everyone else comes in with an entire long sliding door and glass door. You know, you, you can see that this is the entrance. So why would you go to the back? which shows what he was exactly. stalking and, 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 and analyzing the situation for a couple of days. So something yeah. that day told me not to get out of bed um, right after my, my cousins left. So I stayed in bed. And the next thing, about 10 minutes after he left, um, I heard footsteps coming down the stairs towards the door and a knock. And something told me that, don't you dare answer like don't you dare mm -hmm. answer um and i sat and i just kept quiet and i didn't answer because i knew that the doors were locked and everything so whoever's knocking doesn't have in, um, access because the other thing was that like i said no one ever uses that door so why would a person use that door you know because mm -hmm. if it's my family they'll just enter because they have exactly. keys, you know so um so eventually he gives up on, on knocking and he starts going up the stairs. And as he goes up the stairs, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I need to listen very carefully to, there was a way that he started his car. And I remember while we were in a relationship, I used to say to him that he's abusing his car because of how violent he was with releasing the handbrake. So yeah. he goes back to the car, he starts the car and I hear that, way that he that we used to argue about that he would yeah. release the handbrake and i was thinking no way this can't be him so he backs out of the parking lot and he drives around and as soon as i could realize that okay the car is now you know driving around because my cousin's apartment was also uh, so you had to pass his apartment in order to get to the gate so mm -hmm. I go to the side where everyone can enter the general entrance area and I look out the window and lo and behold, it is his car that is exiting. And I thought to myself, I could have died that day. Like I literally could have died because I don't know that because he clearly knew that my, my, my family is gone and I'm probably by myself. And for all I know, because every day I would wake up and go watch television and, he, and the, 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 um, the kitchen curtains would see through the yes. you could see through the lounge and yeah. I, I, I now have a feeling that he would maybe look at me on some days through those curtains but that day he didn't yeah. see me because something told me not to get out of bed so he probably thought I'm not even home which is crazy so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot yeah, it's a lot it's, it's really creepy <laughs> it's a lot it's crazy that i'm able to laugh about this now i think i think the reason why i'm able to laugh about it also is because it's unbelievable it's like i was i was living is based on a true story guys literally like, literally it's titanic <laughs> like what is this sure uh -uh. but yes um 
to answer your question, yeah, I think everyone was scared, but it was now a matter of, but then if not us, who? Because we are her family at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So now what happened from there? Like you said you you moved from one place to the other. So did you end up moving out from your cousin's place? Um, yes, I did end up uh, moving out of the cousin's of my cousin's place. And um <laughs> guys, that's 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 the point where he found me and then attacked my current boyfriend at the time and then seven months later or wait when he found me but so five months later then attacked me right so he attacked me seven months after mom's murder and yeah uh five or five months after he had found me where i was um so after that then i i that was the final disappearance so after that i disappeared like completely from the face of the earth but now I so I went back home, a home that he didn't know, because um, I was staying in one of my family's properties, and he didn't know that it exists. He didn't know of, it, of its of its existence, so he yeah. couldn't find me physically. But now the problem was that even though he couldn't find me physically, and even though he had sent me hitmen, which was I think was supposed to rattle me to the point of no return, where I go sit in a corner somewhere and just you know, fear for my life. Instead of me doing that, as much as, as I was hiding and he couldn't find me, I was still doing things back um, at my hometown, Peter Maritzburg, that were uplifting my community. And there were things that I had always said that I want to do, things that I'm passionate about, which, you know, is, is uplifting young girls. Um, I had always said, uh, would see, you know, the, so my first, the first billboard that I was ever on in life was in Maritzburg. And that was when I was in matric. And I had always said, like, that was for me, the, okay, I am going far. Like I spoke, I spoke it into life with I'm going far. And I will one day come back to my hometown and, and, and start, um, a modeling academy, you know, to uplift other girls so that they believe, would see, as much as they are also from a small town, you know, they can mm. make it to whatever they put their minds to. Yeah. So I did that. And newspapers started, started, you know, talking about this. Um, they started writing articles about it. Now I'm popping up and I'm doing all these things that don't show that I'm broken and that I'm not okay, which I think yeah. added on to his anger. So um, I, so because I, 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 I figured out that this guy was, there was a high possibility that he's a narcissist slash psychopath. Um, and I had sat down and started studying this topic because and this disorder, this personality disorder, because as much as I was trying to figure out what happened to me, I was also trying to protect myself in figuring yeah. out how these people operate because they all operate the exact same way. It's like they all read from the same textbook. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So um, I knew that the next step, he's literally done everything to try and destroy me. And I keep bouncing back 
you know, and now he can't find me physically to kill me because the, the last thing he did was an attempt on killing me and then I disappeared. Now he can't find me to kill me because I'm hiding. But now I keep popping up doing these things that I'd always said I want to do, uh, which was uplifting the youth of, of Maritzburg, uh, my, my hometown. Mm -hmm. And I think that bothered him. And I knew that the next step was a smear campaign, um, dragging my name through the mud and, you know, somehow discrediting me. But I didn't know yeah. how he was going to go about it. So I was ready for it. I was like, okay, I'm bracing myself because you can't put anything past this person. You know, it, it was so crazy that whenever you would think he's, there's nothing beyond this, he's done the absolute worst. He comes back Dude. with something else. And it's like, which normal human being thinks of this? Like, what? Yeah. You know, it, it was crazy. Yeah. And a part of me had to now get to a point where I forced myself to think like him in order to stay a step ahead of him, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah. I had to survive, right? But that's that's just a side note. So then what he did was he started a, he went to the Natal Witness, the biggest newspaper in KwaZulu-Natal, and mm -hmm. he bought page three of that uh, uh, newspaper and mm -hmm. he put an ad there that actually, you see this, like with my, so it had my picture and my name and a link to a website to be followed, right? And yeah. the ad said that people must sign up um, for Nondindra Grooming School, something along those lines. So Nondindra Grooming School, Nondindra is like a prostitute or a whore. So he was saying that uh, what the newspapers are writing about me uplifting the youth is actually it's a, a front. Mm, yeah. It's a front because I'm trying to lure um, young girls in so that I can I can train them and be their pimp, basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> so then he had an so he had a link as well, right? to be followed yeah. and then he created an entire website because now that's where this link was leading to to this website he created yeah. an entire website where he was basically saying things that have nothing to do with um <coughs> excuse me so he was saying things like i've had x number of abortions um, he put pictures of different men, some men I hadn't even met yet, and said that I I did all sorts of things with them. Um, you know, he he was just literally just trying to drag my name through the mud, and just to show how messed up he is and how much he was trying to mess up my life. He went further and um, contacted Sun International. Because uh, they were responsible yeah. for uh, Miss Essay and Miss Essay Teen. And I can say I was a, I'm a former Miss Essay Teen First Princess got 2009. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So he contacted them. And I know that he contacted them because um, they didn't contact me, but the, you, my, the YouTube video of the pageant that I was in was removed after that incident, which poses a question. Yeah. Right. 
um, it was removed from YouTube. And the other thing that he did, Akira was the face of um, a popular face brand of, of a cream that they were introducing into South Africa. He contacted the head offices in New York. Of Crazy. <laughs> Actually, I'm not sure if in New York or, but he contacted the head, the head offices for that um, face brand cream, and he said that he had written. I need to hear. So he would lead them to this website, saying website, that he's, so, yeah. he's this disappointed member of society that you know, like how could they have. Um, an ambassador who is busy yeah. pimping other women. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. And then if that wasn't enough, he then went and contacted my agency, my Durban agency. At that point, I, I was only in, I was still in KZN. So I only had one agency, which was the one based in Durban. He contacts my Durban agency and tells them the same thing. He's a concerned parent who doesn't understand how they can represent a, a, a woman who's here posing uh, as a person who's uplifting the youth. Meanwhile, he's just, uh, she's just luring young girls so that sh she can pimp them. But now he was very yeah. dumb in that because when he was emailing, I don't know what it is, whether it's stupidity or too much confidence or thinking that he's too clever, he would literally use the email addresses that he would use to harass me. So he would use his personal email address to send all these uh, things, which then meant yeah. like, guys, come on. Like, so that's how he was discredited automatically. Like, oh, okay. We knew, we knew, you know, this is what was going on um, before the smear campaign. So now it just makes sense. Like he's really hell bent at getting rid of you and making sure that he destroys you to the point that yeah. my agency had to remove me from um, the website. So they would still uh, send my, my portfolio to clients, but we had to yeah. now make him believe that I'm not part of the agency anymore because if he can do that, who's to say he's not going to pose as a client booking me so that I oh, yeah. go to the shoot and then now he has access to me. So, you know, everything just, everything was just falling into, into pieces. It, it was terrible. It was terrible, terrible. So at that point I was just thinking to myself, what does this guy want from me? And even the Lobolo money that he kept saying that he's following me around about, I returned it to him. So I yeah. did not know at that point what he wants. And I also returned it. I, I knew I wasn't supposed to return it because he had mm. no, there was no basis for me to return it because he's the one that's abusing me. But I was at a mm. point where I thought to myself, if the leg that he's standing on, that he's using even towards police, that this is my wife, which is crazy because now the police would be like, well, he's saying you're his wife, which for me was okay so because i'm his wife he's allowed he's allowed to treat me this way say i am for argument's sake say i am his wife mm -hmm. okay. so you're saying that he's allowed to treat me this way because of the fact that he paid Obolo. so because that is the leg he's standing on i will send it all back of which i did right mm -hmm. and that it that didn't stop him that didn't stop him which showed it had nothing to do with the fact that 
um, for me. But it had everything to do with the fact that he felt that I am his possession because that's how I'm a narcissist think. They don't take Mm -hmm. a human being as a a partner who's alive, who has emotions, who has their own brain, has their own mind, has their own goals and aspirations. They take you as a car or a cell phone that, you know, once I'm done with you, I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah, like you're just a possession. You're no different to their car or their cell phone. So yeah. now, all of that, mm. how did you like go about with the healing journey? Like, where did you start? I mean, this, first of all, this was a lot. And I don't even know if you had time to process everything. Because I mean, like, when did you have time to mourn your grandmother? And then three weeks after that, your mom was murdered by this man. And now it's like seven months after that. He sent hit men to try and kill you. And then you had to now disappear, go live with your cousins. He mm. found you, you disappear. Like, when did you have time to mourn your grandmother and your mother? When did you have time to process everything? Like, where did you even have to begin with, like, healing? Um, <clears throat> so I, I only had time to, to properly mourn the death of my gran and my mother when I had moved to Johannesburg. So beginning of 2018, I moved Mm. to Johannesburg and at church, I went for, um, so they had a church, they have all these different courses, you know, that go hand in hand with how to do life, you know, and one of them was the grief course, right? And I felt that I hadn't, I didn't, I actually did not have time to mourn my mom and my grandma because this whole time I've been fighting. It's either I'm fighting or I'm running or I'm fighting. Like I did not have time. So I only had time literally, it's 15, 16, like three years after everything happened to really sit down and mourn their deaths properly. And after I did that, that's when I then, because I mean, you know, the, the, the morning part of it was just one aspect of something that I needed to deal with, but I needed to do that and get it out the way and then go to the, to the, to the root now, because I had to figure out why on earth did I allow another human being to treat me that way, right? Because, I mean, if, if it got to the point that it got to, it, I mean, it wouldn't have gotten to the point that it got to had I not allowed him access into my life as soon as I no. saw the first red flag. So I had to figure out why did I allow this to happen because um, I was brought up in an environment where, so I don't have uncles, right? I have, I, I have uh, like all my, I have aunts, basically. I don't have mm-hmm. my uncle. So I was brought up surrounded by very strong women that preached empowerment, that preached value, yeah. that preached, you know, and I saw it being modeled in front of me. 
So it didn't make sense to me. Why did I allow a man to yeah. treat me the way that he treated me? If mm-hmm. the environment that I was brought up in does not look like that, nor did it tolerate such things. Mm-hmm. And after sitting down and really going to the root, I I went back to finding out, well, not finding out, I always knew about it, but I had just always buried it. Uguti, I was molested when I was four years old. And that, and I had to grow up with the secret all my life. So no one, I, I literally only started talking about this maybe a year ago. I grew so up. Your mother passed away having not known about this. Not know about this, yes. So oh. I, I grew up, um, I grew up at face value, valuing myself and loving myself because that's what was preached to me all day, every day. Um, that's what was modeled to me. But subconsciously, I did not value myself, nor did I see myself as worthy. And that is because of the sexual abuse that happened to me when I was you know, still a baby. I mean, it's so sad that that is the only, that's the only childhood memory I have of myself. And it is so clear. Like it is so clear. I remember what I was wearing. I remember what was happening. I remember where it was. I remember who it was. I remember what was said. I remember how I was lured into the room. I remember the details, you know, on point. And then everything after that is a blur in life. Everything after that is a blur. I was just, I realized that I've never really been present. I've I've always been going with the motions. So now the fact that I had, um, now I know the root of why this was happening. Now I have to start healing from that, right? So that going forward, I don't tolerate any nonsense. And then I just had to learn who Ulaki is because you you can't you can't fully you can't fully love yourself if you don't know who you are because loving yeah. yourself means loving the person that you are so i had mm-hmm. to learn who i am in order to be able to love who ulaki is and upon loving who i am i was then able to understand okay cool now i'm able to bring these things that i thought were embedded in me and put them in my subconscious as well. Uguti, actually, no one can control my destiny. Like, I need to now be conscious of it. Because as much mm-hmm. as I, I would walk and say, yeah, I am conscious of it, because of this brokenness that existed in my subconscious, uh, my actions weren't really saying that. So I had to take that, I, that understanding and put it also in my subconscious and really drill it in. And then in that figure out to say, okay from the time what did you want to do right and in understanding yeah. what i wanted to do i was then able to and also just fixing my relationship with Unkulunkulu. i'm i'm very i have a very close relationship with god i mean a part and parcel of why i was able to get up and stand up again was understanding what god sees when he looks at me and really trying to get to the core of why am I on this earth, right? Based yeah. on what God says about me. So that also facilitated a lot in my healing journey because me now understanding who I am means that 
and understanding what my purpose is means that I am intentional about who I allow into my space and who I don't allow into my space, right? Because now that, that like, if and I look at myself mm-hmm. three years ago, for example, and three years ago, I thought I was healed. I thought I was fine three years ago. Um, but if I look at myself now and three years ago, I'm realizing so much of who I thought I was has has changed. I don't know if it's changed or it's been clarified in a sense. Yeah. Because now, for example, let me just give an example. Like Manje, I am able to, because I am aware of this is the trajectory we are taking in this life thing, right? Mm. If a person comes into my life and they don't look like they are adding value to the purpose that I am supposed to fulfill in this life, maybe not even directly to the purpose. If that person's spirit, something about them doesn't give me peace. The aura is just bad. I'm unapologetic about it now. Um, I, I'm not afraid to to just, you know, keep that person away from me. We'd like to thank everyone that is continuously supporting us. And we are so grateful for the positive feedback that we get from you guys. So please feel free to send us a DM on Instagram at women underscore right at women underscore right. Sharing your insights or comments about our episodes. And also, if you'd like to become a guest on one of our episodes, tackling a topic of your choice that is in line with our vision and our mission, please feel free to send us a DM as well. Thank you guys for tuning in and we can't wait to have you on our next next one.